So what is a dangerous real estate deal? We're going to talk about that in this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to the Real Estate Revenue Podcast. I'm Paul Airy, and what do I mean by dangerous real estate deals? Is there really such a thing? Yes, there is such a thing. And what I mean by dangerous is dangerous for you legally and financially, and dangerous possibly for your seller that you're buying the property from. So what is a dangerous deal and where do they come from? So here's what I'm talking about. There are a lot of people that you will see on YouTube, uh, see them on other social media platforms, talking about uh, their courses, their methods, their content where they teach you how to do these certain deals. There are a couple of types of deals we're going to talk about. One of them is called a subject to deal or a sub to deal. Now, all of these deals are legitimate. All of these deal types are legitimate to do if they're done right. And that's where the problem comes in. So this subject to deal or the sub to deal, here's what it is. Let's say you have a seller who let's say he's behind on his mortgage payments. He needs to get it sold. And you come along and say, well, hey, I'll uh, catch you up on your mortgage payments. I'll pay that to the lender. You transfer ownership of the property to me and I'll take over the payments, but we're going to leave the loan in your name. So the loan stays in the seller's name. Now, to me, that's a red flag right there. I would never do that. But it's done a lot and it can be done right. And doing it the right way is the only way I would do it. And so let's talk about the wrong way. The wrong way is when you do that kind of deal and you don't let the lender know or you don't check with the lender to get it approved first. And here's why. Every mortgage I've ever seen has a due on sale clause. So when that property transfers to you, that's a sale. The loan automatically becomes due, payable in full. And the lender has every right to come along and say, I want my money back, all of it right now. You can go to the lender, and this is the right way to do it. Go to them first before you do this deal and say, look, here's what we want to do. And I know you have a due on sale clause in the note. If I do this and get this guy out of trouble and get the payments made and keep you from having to have a foreclosure, will you exercise your due on sale clause or will you let this stand the way I want to do it. If they approve it and say, yeah, go ahead. We won't exercise that clause. Of course, get it in writing and then you're, you're good to go. But if they say no, in every single case, we always exercise that do and sale clause. Uh, we will not allow that to happen. So they, if they say that, then the deal is off. That's, that, that would not go any further with that. Some banks, depends on their policy. If they see a way out of a foreclosure, they might go for it. They might say, oh yeah, well, we'll, we'll work it out with you. We'll let you do that. And uh, you know, if they can do that, that's great. But some of them, they just have a policy of never, ever doing that. And if you, uh, if you happen to have a bank like that, and if that's one, if that bank is one of those banks that you're dealing with and you know, don't do the deal. So that's how it can get you in trouble and it can get your seller in trouble. If they call the note, 
the loan's still in the seller's name, right? So unless you can get that transferred into your name or pay it off, they're going to it's going to hurt him more than it's going to hurt you. He's probably going to come back and sue you for it. Don't ever do one of these deals without an attorney. Get an attorney to look over it, make sure it's done right. Maybe even get your attorney to contact the lender for you. You know, that's what you pay them for. That's what they're there for. And, you know, they're good negotiators sometimes. And, and uh, if you're not, you know, let your attorney negotiate it for you. Always use title companies on deals too. Don't ever do anything without a title company. Always have a title company involved. So that's a subject to deal. Now, there are people out there telling you to do all kinds of shady things with this. And there's one person in particular, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm going to, you'll probably run across him eventually. He's, uh, he actually has courses in this. He teaches people to do this. And I, I question what he's teaching. Uh, I really do. And I've seen other people question it too. And if following the advice of somebody like that, I mean, let me tell you something. Just because somebody is on YouTube and has a channel and they have a lot of subscribers and a lot of viewers doesn't mean they're sending you down the right path in real estate. I'm looking at this from two perspectives for me. I'm a broker and an investor. And I spent more than a decade advising investors, worked with a lot of energy companies, big companies, and you know, small investors and businesses buying properties for their own use on real estate investments. And you never, ever want to do anything that is going to piss off your lender. And that's exactly what you're doing here. It's what you're running the risk of doing. And so these lenders, by the way, a lot of them know each other. If you're dealing with a bank, especially if it's a local bank, you know, or even a, just a a big, huge uh, national level bank, and they have branches in your city and you're dealing with them. All these loan officers around town, they all know each other. Okay. They don't, uh, I mean, they have business dealings with each other. They know each other socially. So if you make one of them mad and make one of, one of them distrust you, word's going to get around. So you don't want to get into that at all. Now, the second, second kind of deal I'm going to talk about is wholesaling. And again, if this is done right, if it's done correctly, Without any shady shenanigans, you can do well with it. You can make money, and, and uh, you know if you do it in an honest and ethical way, it is a legitimate type of real estate deal. So, what is wholesaling? That's when you go, you find a property, you put it under contract, you contract to buy it, put up your earnest money, you get an option period. During that option period, you can go out and find someone else to take over the contract. And they will pay, you know, charge them a fee for the contract. Basically, you're selling the contract. And then they take over the deal and they close on the property. That could be a house, could be a commercial property, could be land, it could be anything. When they take over the contract, then you're out of it. You're no longer obligated on the contract. Here's where the problem comes comes in. If you go and find, let's say you find a 70 or 80 year old widow, maybe her husband's just died and she's been in this house for 50 years or more. It's been paid for for a long time. And uh, you find out that she's going to move in with her kids and she's going to want to sell her house. So you go to her and say, hey, I'd like to buy your house. And you know full well this house might be worth four hundred thousand dollars. So you go along, you come along, and you offer her two hundred thousand for it. And she thinks she's getting a good deal because she paid fifteen thousand for it fifty years ago. You know, and but she doesn't have any idea what it's really worth. And you pay her, you you put it under contract at two hundred thousand, and somebody else comes along and you sell it to them for three fifty, and you pocket one hundred and fifty thousand dollars at closing. 
you've cheated her out of $150,000. You should probably get maybe $5,000 or $10,000. Now, you know, you haven't done anything really illegal, but it's as unethical as hell. And it's, you know, you were cheating that old lady out of basically her inheritance from her husband. And, you know, you could get charged with something, I imagine. I guess maybe there's somebody that could find a charge that would fit on that. I don't know what it would be, but, you know, you don't want to be the guy who is known as the one who's cheated the widow down the street out of $150,000. Your deals are going to dry up. And go, You're not going to make it in real estate. You're just not going to get any more deals. Don't do that kind of stuff. It's and it, believe me, it happens all the time. There are people out there doing this all the time. You know, make a few thousand on it and help the person get rid of the house. Help the person sell the house and get a decent price for it. And, you know, make a few thousand on it. I predict one day that practice might be made illegal just because basically you're almost being a real estate agent without a license because you're putting the house under contract and making it exclusive to you. You control it and then you could turn around, sell it and get a profit. But you know, if you're making more than a real estate agent would make in a commission on it, you probably are making too much. And, and I love profit and I love to make as much profit as I can, but I'm not going to cheat someone to get it. Okay. So just be honest and ethical. Don't, don't, uh, if you wouldn't want someone doing that to you, then you shouldn't do it to somebody else. That's the easiest way to tell if you're doing something honest and above board. So the next kind of deal is seller financing. Now, seller financing is something that I like. I, it's a definitely a legitimate real estate deal, but it could be done the wrong way. And that's how it becomes dangerous. But let's talk about this uh, one person on YouTube. He has a channel. He talks about uh, real estate deals and subject to deals a lot. And he, he was talking about a seller financing deal and saying that he was advising someone on camera. If you, you finance 70% at the bank on this house, this was on a house, See if the uh, if the seller will give you uh, seller financing. So you finance seventy percent at the bank. You finance thirty percent with the seller, and you get it for zero money down. And he said, if you do this for some reason, he was telling him to do it in two transactions: get the seventy percent from the bank at the closing, and then you go in and do the the thirty percent note with the seller in a different transaction. I'm not sure, other than to not let the bank know what's going on. And uh, and he was saying, and you can get the seller to take another 10% out of that 70% he got from your lender and give that back to you and have a 40% note with him. And so you're basically paying 110% on the cost of this house and getting $10,000 in cash back. Now the bank is, they're not going to like that. And, you know, he was saying, basically, don't tell them about it. Well, you know, when you don't disclose things to the lender, they don't like that. They're not going to work with you. And you may have even committed fraud on that deal. Now, you don't want to get involved in fraud charges. I've seen that happen to somebody and it's not pretty. He ended up in prison. This guy was buying commercial properties. It was an acquaintance. I didn't know him all that well. I'd met him a couple of times and had not done any deals with him, luckily. But he was buying commercial properties and he uh, was getting them overvalued. He had a lot of people in his little network here that were got in trouble with him. There was a real estate broker and 
someone at a title company. So what he was doing is he was getting these things overappraised because they were using, a lot of these properties were using broker price opinions because the cost was low enough. It was below the threshold for having to get an appraisal for most of the lenders. So he uh, got the broker to overvalue the property and then he would go to the lender and uh, instead of borrowing 70% of the actual sale price, he was jacking up the purchase price in the contract somehow. It's probably how the person at the title company got involved in it. And uh, he was overfinancing the property, basically. Instead of getting 70%, he was getting 100% or maybe even more. And the thing is, he didn't really cheat anybody. He didn't steal money. He paid everything as he was contracted to. He made all his loan payments on time, paid everything back, But somehow the FBI got wind of this and they didn't like it and they came and arrested him, charged him with fraud and arrested the broker and arrested the person at the title company and they all got in some serious trouble and this guy went to prison for a couple of years and I think he had a partner somewhere who also went to prison and uh, I mean it was a big mess and it could all have been avoided if he had just bought the stuff without lying to the bank. That's all. Really that's all he did was he lied to the lender. You don't want to lie to a lender. That'll send you to prison. That right there was enough to send this guy to prison for a couple of years. And uh, that's, you know, he had kids. He had a wife. You know, you don't want to get taken away from your children for a couple of years just because you had some sleazy, stupid idea that you were going to buy all this property without any money down and, you know, do it by lying to the bank. These are dangerous real estate deals. These are the deals you don't want to do. You don't want to get involved in these things. If you don't have money and you can't come up with a legitimate way to buy the property without having cash, and they're out, you can do that. Uh, you know, if you can't do that the right way, don't do it. Wait until you have the money or wait until you actually know how to buy a property without money. You can buy a property without having cash. It's been done. I've done it. I did it legally, though. I did it right. And it, uh, it, just don't don't lie to people. Don't don't take. Uh, you be sure that you disclose everything to your lender. Uh, let everyone know in the deal what you're doing, and and then do that. Do that. Do what you say you're going to do, and do it the right way. So that's about it. For this episode of the Real Estate Revenue Podcast, if you're on YouTube watching this, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, help me out, help me get some uh, some more viewers here. When you hit that, hit those buttons, it sends it out to more people, and I would love to get more. I mean, the idea here is we're gonna we're trying to help uh, beginning real estate investors do things the right way, buy properties, take care of their their finances by owning real estate. So many people out there make a lot of money and they're broke. They don't have any, they don't have anything. I know people that make uh, half a million or a million dollars a year and they're broke. They spend it all. They spend it on cars and they spend it on their house and they spend it on, on trips. And you know, they, uh, if their job or if their business ended tomorrow, they'd be done. They'd be broke. So owning this real estate can save you from that. Uh, If you get hurt and can't work anymore and you have properties that pay you money, it doesn't matter if you can't go back to work. It doesn't matter if you lose your your high paying job when you you can't go back to work. If the job is gone, if you have 
other streams of income, other sources of income. And that's what real estate gives you. So that's why we're here is to help people get started in that so that when bad things happen, you don't get hurt by it. You minimize the damage, keep going, and you still have the real estate to live on. So that's it. I'll see you next time on Real Estate Revenue.